CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. Hey, it's Mark Striegel. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast. And this is a very special edition because uh, basically what happened when we did this Rock and Pod Expo, the organizers of the expo asked us to uh, reach out to our listeners and get them to to pledge money to help make the expo possible. And I, I must say I was so proud of our listeners because we offered three guest spots and we sold all three of them and one of the guys who donated a big chunk of money to the rock and pod expo couldn't make the expo um, which is just even more mind-boggling that he still was so cool to support what what we were doing out at the expo Um, so i told him i said well since you're not going to be at the expo we'll have you call in to a show that you can co-host because that was you know part of the deal that that the people who made the pledge would get to co-host an episode and co-produce an episode. So on that note, let's welcome a guy who's probably pretty well known to our listeners at this point from his his famous voicemails and and uh, stuff like that. Jerry from Long Island. Hey, Jerry, how are you? Excellent. You forgot the accent. The accent gives it away all the time. Right. <laughs> Jerry from New Long York Island. Guy. Yeah, he, you got a voice so, that sounds like it's from Long Island. Where, where in Long Island you know, are you from, Jerry? Selvin. Selvin. Okay, cool. And, and it's, on the North, it's on the North Shore. Gotcha. And we got to meet in person recently, not not that long ago. I'm trying to think. Well, it was July, right? At the Iron Maiden show in Brooklyn, New York. It was the final night of the tour. You were there... Both nights, they did two nights in Brooklyn, right? You went both nights. Correct. Yes. Yeah, that's a diehard fan, and and you know, let's let's oh, talk. It was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. I I had a lot of fun at that show. Let's talk about the the, the Iron Maiden tour that they just did, the second leg of the Book of Souls tour. We were at that closing night. The set list 
was was kind of interesting. You know, usually when these bands come out, like you probably heard me bitch and moan about Metallica playing so no, no, so many. No, that's uh, not mo- <laughs> well, I know. Go ahead. Yeah, well, they did. They played so many new songs, and it didn't work for me when I saw them. But however, when I saw Maiden, for whatever reason, maybe I like Book of Souls better than than Hardwired to Self Destruct. Uh, I, I don't know. It worked better for me. I, I, I you know, I, I'm the type of guy who would always want to probably hear more old classics than the new stuff. But for some reason, those shows really worked for me. Uh, the set list that that Iron Maiden was doing on this. Uh, second leg of the Book of Souls tour. And I wanted to get your opinion on the set list and the shows in general. Um, how about the set list? Were you happy with it? Um, not particularly. And the reason is because the, the the year before that, they basically did the exact same new songs as they did. So with a year off, they didn't come back and do any of the other new songs that they didn't play. And in previous interviews, uh, guys like Nico said that they hoped that they played the entire album because that good. And I agree right. it was that good, but to come back and just do the exact same set list, the only song they changed out or added was, uh, the great unknown, which don't get me wrong. I loved it. It was awesome, but I wanted to hear when the river runs deep and man of sorrows, right. they're two great songs and we didn't get to hear them. And I'm just kind of confused that, you know, a legacy band like Iron Maiden and such a great, great album that everyone loved that they couldn't even come up with some new music for us. Right. That that made me mad. And like you, I always check the set list, but the tickets were sold like way, way out in advance. So I just bought them. And the next thing you know, it's the exact same set as the year before. Right. Right. Which I caught at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Well... You know, the one thing about Maiden is they will do these these tours that that focus heavily on their latest release, which I mean, at this point, Book of Souls, what did that come out like 2015? I mean, it's not like it's a a brand new, brand new record, but (laughs) they're still touring on it here in 2017. But they, they, they will go out in the road, you know, and they do these these tours where they're hyping the new record and but they do in maiden's defense they then usually come around a year or two later and will do like uh a classic tour where they just pull out all the all the classics and i always love those tours uh, too and but it's it's interesting because what you're saying is 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 you you would have even preferred more new material or at least some different new material oh yeah Oh yeah, that album's that good. Yeah, I, I I haven't really met anybody that said, "Oh, I can't stand that album. It's terrible." Right. It's that good. Yeah, it's so much better and, than Final you know, Frontier. Oh, it's, it's like night and day. Yeah. So again, like I kind of spoke to you earlier or, or chatted with you on Instagram. You know, we got a legacy band that's been around for a good thirty, forty years, and they don't even need an opening opening band. And you know, I love Ghost. You're the one that turned me on to Ghost. But they don't need an opening band. They could actually come out there, play for two and a half hours, take a 20-minute break like other legacy bands, like Rush. Even Dream Theater is doing that kind of set. And they're not even yet a legacy band. Roger Waters took a break. So they could play a two and a half hour show easily. And if you look at the set list and you put it on your phone, it's only an hour and 39 minutes. 
yeah, add in 10 or 15 minutes of Bruce talking, but right. they really only play for an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. So I don't understand how we got some of these bands that are in their 70-year-old people and they're doing two-and-a-half-hour sets, and Maiden's got three guitar players, which we both agree <laughs> right. we don't like. Right. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's got it's got to be a twenty song set list, and and my set list is tw- twenty songs. It's two hours perfect, and it includes a lot of deep cuts. Like Plus, what? What four deep cuts? Five new songs. What deep cuts do you want to hear? Uh, Pr- do? Prowler. Oh, Prowler. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Murders in the Rue Morgue. Right, of course. Charlotte the Harlot. <laughs> but that would that would be really rare. Like I don't I don't know. Have they ever played that live? At least in the last thirty but years. Yeah. Listen, Russia never played losing it, and they broke it out. Right, people went crazy. And now, what else I got? I got Flash of the Blade, wow. Sign of the Cross, The Klansman, which is my all-time favorite. Oh, nice. Stranger in a Strange Land, which Nico wanted to do. Die with your boots on. Yeah. Where Eagles Dare. Yeah. Come on, this place will go crazy. Twenty-two Akisha Avenue. Yeah. Nico wanted to do, which gets to my other point. You hear in another interview on another podcast that Nico says that Steve Bruce and with a little help from Rod Small with the manager, they picked the set list. Hmm. So wow. I'm led to believe that that the rest of the guys in the band don't like Nick. Nico has no choice. Adrian has no choice. Dave Murray has no choice. That yeah. doesn't seem like a band. Yeah. And I'm not a musician. You are. But that's crazy. Well, I, w- I will say, I, I, you know, you mentioned those three names, and it doesn't seem like a band. I do see Bruce maybe having more of a say than some other people because the voice is a muscle, you know, and it's it's it, he knows that that muscle better than anybody. So he might say, okay, well, those those songs are really tough to sing. I, you know, uh, so. I can only do these songs and this and that. So I could see Bruce having a say, but Rod Smallwood having a say is a little ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> I mean, and I, I love Rod Smallwood, but it's like, come on, Dave, Dave Murray, Adrian I'm, Smith. I'm, yeah, I mean. Mark, I'm glad you brought that up because that'll bring up my next, my next topic. So after the show, on the train right back from Brooklyn, being a bunch of fans, we start breaking down the show and basically – Bruce sounds great. Bruce sounds great. Oh, he still sounds great. Well, the next comment, well, wish they would have played some deep cuts. Followed by the third comment, well, they're probably only playing songs that he can do. And that ties into what you're saying about the the muscle and the voice. So how can we go from Bruce sounds great to he might not be able to do these songs? Now, again, I'm not a musician. I don't claim to be. So that's what you have to tell me. Are there certain songs you think he can't sing anymore? Well, you know, judging well, from a hard time with yeah, I thought I thought he sounded. You know, I've seen them on almost every tour. I didn't see the Madison Square Garden show for the Book of Souls that you mentioned. Somehow I missed that. But most of the shows I see when they're they're in New Jersey, um, and I thought he sounded better than he has in the past ten years. And he never sounds bad, but I thought he sounded better than he has in the past ten years on this recent tour. Um, and that's what everybody said. <laughs> yeah, and I'm trying to think, like, are there certain songs that he he might have trouble doing? I, I mean, it doesn't seem like it. You know, I I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. He does Trooper. He does all these 
I mean, if if he can do the trooper, you know, and he can do number of the beasts with you know that yell at the front. I mean, yeah, right. I'm sure he can. I'm sure he can handle and, just about right. anything. And I don't want I don't want anybody to think that I'm trashing Maiden. They're one of my favorite bands. Like I said, you know, favorite band. I pay close to two hundred bucks. I take the train and I, I I want what I want. You know what I'm saying? I don't want Rod Smallwood picking songs. I can't have that. It, it's not like I'm trashing Iron Maiden. They're one of my favorite bands. I love this band. That's why I go see them all the time. But when Rod Smallwood is picking songs and Adrian Smith and Dave Murray aren't getting to say, it doesn't seem like it's a band for the fans anymore. No, it definitely seems strange to me, too. You know, But right now, let's hit a, an Iron Maiden song. What, what do you want to play for the Talking Metal listeners? How about you play... The Klansman from Rock and Rio. Nice. Oh, okay, this is going to be fun. Here we go. The Klansman live, Iron Maiden on Talking Metal, picked by Jerry from Long Island. which sometimes is not. Now they're 
anymore No, we can't let them take anymore We're the land of the free No, hey No, we can't let them take anymore No, we can't let them take anymore We're the land of the free One more time song right there iron maiden here on talking metal the clansman that is picked by jerry from long island jerry great pick and let's just uh, talk about your favorite bands maiden obviously i'm guessing is one of them but when you when you think like i don't mean to put you on the spot i didn't ask you this in advance but when you think like top five what what bands pop into your mind is your top five bands or artists led zeppelin Oh, nice. Rush. Of course. Yeah. Van, Van Halen. 
Judas Priest. Yeah. Black Sabbath. Yeah. The typical stuff. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, you excited to hear new Judas Priest music? They're working on an album, which uh, they got this producer, Andy Snipe, Sneep. I don't know how you pronounce his definitely. name. Definitely. Yeah. I but... love hearing Rob Halford's voice. Yeah. I got a, I had an interesting story to tell you about Judas Priest. So I'm at a show in San Diego back in the 80s because my friend was in the Navy. And I'm at the San Diego Sports Arena. And everyone's standing up. And we're all headbanging. And this usher is pointing his flashlight in my face, telling me I have to sit down. And I'm like, I got to be on camp the camera because this is Judas Priest. Right. <laughs> he puts it in my face like four different times. I'm like, dude, yeah. take a look around with you. Nobody's sitting down. I thought that was the oddest thing. Yeah. No, <laughs> He's that telling is... me to sit down at a Judas Priest concert. Yeah. No, that's uh, outrageous. Uh, and usually, you know, the security guards are pretty good. However, you do occasionally get... Uh, somebody who's a, a bit of a, I don't know what the word is, you know, like <laughs> bully. A or buzz tough guy. bomb. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I got thrown out of a kiss show twice, actually. <laughs> and it was the same type of thing where I was just like over overjoyed by the moment and I was going crazy, right. you know, and I, right. I, I threw a, uh, actually, my brother threw an, what was mostly empty, almost, I we, I think he claimed it was totally empty. There may have been just a little bit of beer left, but it was a cup. <laughs> and he threw it up into the air, like, in celebration, right. you know, not maliciously. Right. He didn't throw it at anybody. And like I said, maybe yeah, there was yeah, one sure. or two little small drops that fell out. But for that, they, right, they threw it. not only my brother out of the show, but me, too, just <laughs> because I was standing next to him. And, and Oh, uh, man. Yeah. Are you a Kiss Look fan, Jerry? Kiss. Oh, without a doubt, man. Yeah. Hey, this uh, this box set that Gene Simmons has got coming out. Yeah, it's crazy. Like two grand? Isn't that insane? Yeah, yeah. And it's all just like stuff that he never wanted to release. So I don't know about spending dollars on uh, stuff that cut up and went on the floor, you know? The the one thing I will say in defense of Gene on this, because I feel like he's gotten a lot of uh, bad press on this, he will show up to your house for $50,000 and deliver the the box <laughs> set to you, yeah. which, which I know is crazy. Yeah, and people think that's crazy. But let's put this in perspective. You know, it's it's like to get Twisted Sister on their final tour to play, it cost close to $200,000 to book Twisted Sister and and they'll play anywhere. They would play your backyard if if you p- play it. Pay them two hundred thousand dollars. You know you can book. Wow, it's you know pretty much public record. You can book a a band like like Vince Neil for for forty grand. He'll come play just about anywhere. It doesn't matter if you have that type of money. He'll he'll come and play. Right. You know. So in Gene's defense, to have him show up at your house in you know. Arkansas or, you know, North Dakota or Long Island or wherever, you know, it's really not that outrageous for somebody like that. And, and, you know, you can have Joe Jay Leno show up at your house. He'll show up and tell jokes. He's a hundred thousand dollars, you know? So it's like, it's like, I, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think it's that crazy that, that of course, everyone always wants to attack, you know, kiss and stuff. And it, it's, it's, it's uh, it's just, nah, I kiss, guess, the fact that he li- went public kiss, with it, you know? Kiss, kiss live shows are the best. Yeah. I've seen him with makeup and without makeup. 
And the other thing I would say about the the $2,000 for the box set is, and I know I'm the only guy defending Gene over this, but the the $2,000 not only gets you the box set, you get to go meet and hang out with with Gene. So so he's going to like like 15 different cities. So it, when you buy the box set for $2,000, you get a ticket for a small gathering of like, I don't know, like 20, 30 people and Gene. And Gene comes out and he, he tells stories about his life, about Kiss, and and then gives you the box set. So it, it's, it's uh, which, you know, it's almost like a meet and greet. It's still definitely a little overpriced for sure. But he is he is definitely giving you more than just the the box set for two thousand. You get pictures, you get to hang out with him a little bit, you know. So I, yeah, I'm just pointing that out with, okay. with Gene's no, Gene's uh, thing. Hey, I got I got a question for you, Mark. Did you sure. go to school with Portnoy and Petrucci up there no, in Boston? Not exactly. They. Um, they, they, Did you go to that school? Yes. You went to the same school? Yes. So wow. I, I was there. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, I was there in 87 and 88. I was I didn't graduate there, as neither did Portnoy, for that matter. And Portnoy was there <laughs> in 85, 86. So he was there the year before I was there. Um, and we knew a lot of the same people. Like one of my good friends, Rob Bailey, who's a guitar player in New York City right now, does a lot of session work. I mean, he's he's still right. friends with with Portnoy, and I, I'm I'm still friends with Rob too. So we we definitely know a lot of the same people. And when we've interviewed Portnoy, which I think we've done twice, maybe three times, I think twice actually. You know, we always uh, talk to him about the times at Berkeley because we had some of the same teachers oh, and awesome. some of the same friends that's and awesome. stuff. Yeah, but I, I never knew Mike when I was there simply because he started uh, or he was gone by the time I got there. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. But you want to hit a Dream that's Theater? You big Dream Theater fan, right? Oh my God, I'm going to go see them at the Beacon and at the Paramount, and I got the VIP to meet them. Cool. Well, let's play a Dream Theater song. The Mirror. Cool. The Mirror, as picked by Jerry from Long Island here on Talking Metal.
What you just heard was The Mirror by Dream Theater, picked by Jerry from Long Island, our special guest here on this episode. And unfortunately, we're going to... We're going to cut this episode a little short. I wanted to talk more with Jerry, but I'm kind of, my wife is out and to share a little behind the scenes thing, drama going on here. And my son apparently has come down with some kind of stomach uh, bug. So I'm dealing with that while trying to record a show with Jerry, which isn't really fair to you, Jerry. That's why I, I want to, I want to hit another song of your, of your choice here. And then we're going to, absolutely have you back for an episode in in a week or two we'll get you back on the phone we'll do another one of these excellent cool and and jerry how how, before before we wrap it up is there a place where people can can get in touch with you online are you on social media i know you're on instagram right instagram jerry from long island okay only thing i do okay cool Cool. We'll have that link through today's show notes on talkingmetal.com. Definitely go follow Jerry's Instagram postings. But what, what do you want to hit? Rush, Sabbath, I'm digging, the, I'm digging the new UFO Salatino cuts. Okay. So I'd like you to play two Rolling Stone. The guitar on that is amazing, and I cannot believe they did not play that live when I seen them a week ago. Wow. And let me ask you, you saw Saxon open, right? Yes, Saxon was tremendous. And how how did like the show I saw? And I'm no disrespect towards UFO, because uh, amazing legendary band. But Saxon definitely got a slightly better crowd response, and I think it was without a doubt, without a doubt. I think same it, same thing at the Paramount and Huntington. And why was that? Do you think it was? I don't know if they did UFO did the same set list as when I saw them, but they came out and did a bunch of like newer songs right off the top. And it was like the fourth song in, they finally hit lights out, and then the place kind of yeah, lit up. But it's exact, kind of, exact same exact same set list, I believe. I mean they should have come no, right it, out of the box with lights out or something. It was it was the same it was the same thing, Mark. And basically what, what I witnessed was Saxon came out and just ripped, ripped through their whole set. Uh, I believe the guy's name is Biff. He ripped up the set list. He said, what song do you want to hear now? He said, that's what a live show is supposed to be. And he gave the, cho- the, the crowd a choice of three songs. Then the next thing, he, it gave us another, th- and he, they played The Eagle Has Landed, and it was amazing. And I've never even seen this band live before, and they were great. Uh, UFO came out, and the sound guy must have been out to lunch because the, the sound was real, real low, and that, that kind of uh, struck me odd. About third or fourth song, he finally got them dialed in where they weren't too loud and they weren't too low. But again, they, they started really, really slow. It just, it was almost like, you know, okay, wake these guys up. And they, but, but, but like, again, yeah, by lights out, they started cooking and it was great. But like, like you said, first three songs, it was taking a nap. Right. So yeah, they were definitely the wrong three songs to start with. Yeah, yeah, they need to to uh, revise oh, Sax, that that, Sax, that uh, set list. Saxon kicked ass. Yeah, great band. Biff Byford is the singer you were uh, mm-hmm. referring to. Legendary guy. I would definitely see them again. Cool. Well, let's let's wrap this up with UFO. And again, we're going to have Jerry back in just a, a couple episodes. He'll be back on with me, I promise. And again, Jerry, I'm sorry to cut this episode short. Just kind of dealing with some uh, drama here. Um, it's okay, Mark. Take care. Take care, you boy. You bet. And what? So, what UFO song are we playing? Tell me again. Uh, two Rolling Stoned. 
Awesome. And this is a cover, right? Is it a cover? It's a yeah, cover record. Yeah. Who, who does the, the original, so. do you know? I believe it's Robin Trower. Oh, okay. All right. So here we go. A little UFO to take us out, as picked by Jerry from Long Island. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, Mark.
around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.